Welcome to the podcast for Gateway Baptist Church. You're listening to a message from our Mackenzie campus. Find us at gatewaybaptist.com.au if you'd like to connect with us as we seek to change lives by following Jesus in our community, our nation and our world. Thanks, Brad, and welcome, everyone. Great to, uh, to be here this morning. Great to be with you. Uh, and uh, we just, as Brad mentioned, as you've seen, it's been a fantastic week here at KTL. I'll share a couple of things about that a little bit later. But I'll ask you this morning, what do you love? What do you love? I love a number of things. So I don't want to share a few things that I love. But number one, I love my wife. She's uh, just walking back, having dropped the kids up at uh, Kidlings. But uh, my, uh, my wife, Laurie, and I have been married for 14 years. We got married on this uh, platform here 14 and a bit years ago, and uh, we're still going strong. I love my wife. I love my kids. They can be incredibly frustrating at times, as I'm sure if you're a parent in the room, you've experienced, uh, but an absolute joy. On Thursday, my youngest daughter, Quinn, who is aged five, going on 15, uh, put her hand up to say, I want to be part of Jesus' team. It was a really cute uh, moment. We had a bit of a chat about that in the evening. It's just like a prep kid. What is, what is it, what's going on in a prep kid's mind? And, and I asked her, hey, what, what did it mean to put your hand up and be on Jesus' team? She said, oh, it's another step. I was like, man, how insightful is that from a five-year-old? Another step in her journey. I love my kids. I love my sport as well. I, uh, I love Anything in any sort of sport. I, uh, I went to the Gabba on Thursday and again last night to watch the Lions and then the Broncos. I, uh, I'm bleary-eyed because I love uh, watching the Ashes at the moment. Uh, I'm excited that the Tour de France is on and Wimbledon starts tonight. Uh, it's a huge challenge because I love my sport, but I also really love my sleep. And so I don't know which one's going to win over the next couple of weeks. But one of the other things I really love is I love the church. I love the church. And uh, this morning, I wanna, I wanna share with you around this theme of I love the church. Sometimes when we use the word church, we're referring to a building or a property. Maybe we uh, drive past a beautiful old church building, and go, oh, isn't that a nice church? You know, or maybe you're needing to take your 16-year-old teenager for some driving lessons. You just say, hey, let's go use the church car park. By all means, feel free to do that. I saw a number of people out there during the week uh, using the car park as a, a learning uh, course. Sometimes we use the word church uh, when we refer to a service. I almost say it every single Sunday. Welcome to church. You know, or you might do a debrief over Sunday lunch. I'm sure many of you do that and have a reflection. You might say, oh, it was a great morning at church today. Or church was great. It's just that the sermon went a bit too long again. You know, I won't ask for hands, but I know many of you talk about it, many of you do that. But when we use the word church just to describe a building or to talk about the service, we're actually missing the full meaning of that word church. Because the original Greek word for church, which is ecclesia, it's not about a building or about a service. Ecclesia simply means a called out assembly or congregation. See, the essence of church isn't the building or the, or the service, it's the people. It's about community. The church is a group of people, a community of people called out by God, sharing a journey together of exploring, learning, and growing in their faith in Jesus. 
and their lived out understanding of God's kingdom. Churches have buildings uh, as a space where people can meet, where ministries can be run, where the local community can be impacted. And churches have services to gather people together, to come together to worship God and open his word. But at its core, church is about people, God's people on this journey of following him. And it's Jesus who instituted the church, Jesus who started the church. And if we asked him, I believe Jesus would say, I love the church. The first time that this word ecclesia, which is translated into English as church, the first time it appears in the New Testament is, uh, is Jesus talking to Peter. Now, Peter has just confessed that he believes that Jesus is the promised Messiah. And Jesus responds, he says, you, Peter, on this rock, I will build my church. And Jesus is using this, uh, this rock metaphor in a couple of ways. Firstly, he's saying that this truth that he is the Messiah, that's the rock. That's the foundation on which the church will be built. And you, Peter, whose name, the word for Peter, Cephas, also means rock, uh, you are going to lead my church when I return to heaven. Jesus promises to build his church, to grow his church. And Jesus has been incredibly faithful to his promise. He sent the Holy Spirit to a bunch of timid followers huddled together in an upper room. Filled with the Spirit and filled with boldness, they began preaching the gospel. They started the church. And very quickly, it grew throughout Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria. And then over centuries, through to the ends of the earth. Jesus grew and is continuing to grow and to multiply his church. Because Jesus loves the church. He loves the global church, all those people across the globe who call upon his name. And I believe Jesus loves the individual church, the local church, churches like Gateway that are ministering to people in their local context. Jesus loves the church. Another person who would say, I love the church, is the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul surrendered his life to Jesus for the sake of the church. He started many expressions of the church around the known world. He wrote to the church, encouraging it and correcting it. And he shaped the church both then and into the future through all of those writings. One church Paul was particularly fond of was the church at Ephesus. Paul had started the church there and he'd been ministering there for a few years. And he wrote multiple letters to this church. He wrote the letter to the Ephesians, which we have in the Bible, and at least two letters to Timothy, who was the leader of the Ephesian church for a period of time. And it's in these writings, it's in this letter to the Ephesian church that Paul gives us three different metaphors, three different pictures of what the church is called to be. You know, open up the, the word and dive into uh, the, the letter to the Ephesians. We're going to open up at Ephesians chapter 2. Uh, all the passages will come up on screen. But if you want to follow along in your Bible, Ephesians chapter 2 is where we're going to read from. So firstly, Paul uses this metaphor of a holy temple. He says in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19, he says, You are fellow citizens with God's people and members of his household, built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple to the Lord. And in him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. The church is a holy temple. 
not a physical temple, but a community of people amongst whom God resides. These people drawn from different backgrounds, each of us having unique stories, they have the community of building their lives on the foundation of Jesus. And as God builds this holy temple of people, the community is drawn together as one. It's a community with a foundation on Jesus and where God is present through his spirit. A few chapters later, Paul refers to the church as the body of Christ. In Ephesians chapter four, he said, Christ gave gifts to people to equip, uh, Christ gave all these gifts to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ might be built up until we all reach unity in the faith. And he says, the church will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Again, Paul says that the church is, is, draw, is a drawing together of people as Christ's body. Each person has a unique gift, a particular contribution to make, but also a common journey of growing towards maturity in Christ. And as the body is led by Jesus to grow and mature and to strengthen, the church becomes Jesus' hands and feet in this world. And the third metaphor that Paul uses to describe the church is as the bride of Christ. As he talks to husbands and wives in the Ephesian church, he, uh, he draws parallels between human marriage and the marriage of Christ to his church. He says, husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. Paul says that the church is like the bride of Christ. Jesus lay his life down for her and continues to transform and redeem the church to become a beautiful bride. And this speaks to Christ's amazing love for the church and his commitment to see that it will become all that it can be. A holy temple, the hands and feet of Jesus, the bride of Christ, they're incredibly powerful metaphors for the church. And we can see in his writings and in his theology and in his practice, Paul would agree with Jesus in saying, I love the church. As a kid, I loved the church. Actually, I loved going to church. My early church experiences as a young boy were, was going to a church that met in a school. And I remember having a lot of fun running the hallways, playing with my friends, and on the odd occasion, sneaking out of Sunday school to go and spend my offering money at the milk bar down the road. Please forgive me, Jesus. But even as a young kid, I grew an appreciation for the people of the church. They were awesome people. There were Christ-centered leaders who were lots of fun to be around. There were pastors and leaders who I looked up to and family friends who really cared about us. But through my teenage years, I fell out of love with the church. I experienced some disappointment, some pain, some heartache in the church. I remember one night at the youth group that I went to, in about grade eight, a couple of kids ganged up on me and one of the kids actually punched me. 
A little bit later on, our family moved to Brisbane, not because of the youth group incident for other reasons, but we moved up to Brisbane and we were part of a great little church that sadly folded due to some internal political issues that I was way too young to understand. And then we landed at a church where there was no one my age. I didn't know the people, I didn't love the service, and I tried everything to get out of going to church on a Sunday morning. Sometimes it worked, but usually it didn't. And I'd get dragged along anyhow. But over those years, I fell out of love with the church, and I also fell out of love with God. And I know in the the big scheme of things, my negative experience of the church is, is pretty minor. Yours might not be. Despite the global church having done some really amazing things, starting hospitals, running aged care homes, launching schools and universities, there have been some awful things committed by those within the church. Sadly, the church has been the source of a lot of pain, trauma, difficulty and abuse for a number of people. Many people have been turned off church and they've been turned off God because of their experiences. And even if your negative experience may not have been enough to turn you off church, there still hurts. There's pain in the past. There's scars that remind you memories that bring sadness. If you're here today or if you're watching this, I just want to say if you've been hurt by the church, I am sorry. I'm truly sorry. Maybe you've even been hurt by this church. I want to apologize for that today. That's never Jesus' intent. His desire is for the church to be a place where the fruit of the Spirit grows, where love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, where those things are evident in the church. And if you've experienced the opposite of any of those, I'm really sorry. If you've been heard at other churches and you're here just to heal and to chill and to allow the, the Spirit to minister to you, I pray that Gateway is a community where God brings that healing and that restoration. As an 18-year-old, I was still reluctantly walking through the doors of a church. My mum and dad brought me through those doors one Sunday night. And I, I remember just sort of sitting in the pew and trying to duck off as quickly as I can. But one night, there was a guy on the door and he recognized me and he connected with me. He invited me in to a community And in that community, I discovered Jesus and I discovered other people living passionately for him. And that just turned my life around. At a camp, I made a decision to follow Jesus as my Lord and Savior. And over the following 20-odd years, I have come to love the church. No church is perfect because there's no perfect people. But I do love this church and what it stands for. Over the last few weeks, if you've been joining us, you would have been part of our recommitment to reaching people, both locally and globally, for the gospel. The evidence of our heart for the next generation is still behind me as we cleared out this entire room and filled it with 400 kids to hear the life-changing message of Jesus. And we've got a desire to see God continue to move amongst us. And today, I just want to talk very briefly around the five values that underpin who we are as Gateway Baptist Church. There's five values that, that, that we kind of have that are, that are part of what we build our church on. And the first one of those is that we hunger for the presence of God. 
This is the first and foremost value of the church. We long for the presence of God. We want to grow closer to Jesus. And we've seen that value lived out this year as we've prayed the prayer, come Holy Spirit. That wasn't just a sermon series that we preached through at the beginning of the year. It wasn't just a catchphrase that was used. It was the cry of our heart and it continues to be moving forward. It's a prayer that the global church has prayed for hundreds of years and it's a prayer that keeps getting answered as we seek to draw closer to Jesus. And we've experienced the presence of God together. You know, we've encountered God as we've worshipped Him. We've cried out to Jesus in prayer and He's answered by healing people, freeing people. We've celebrated as we've seen almost 70 people over the course of just this year stand in that baptistry over there and declare their faith in Jesus. We're a church that hungers after the presence of God. And I don't know about you, but I've been so encouraged by what we've been seeing God do this year. We've seen him move powerfully and our prayer is that we would see him continue to move amongst us. We're also a church that teaches the Bible for every day. See, we believe that the Bible is the inspired Word of God, that it speaks to our modern world. And it's not just a textbook to be studied, but a workbook to be lived out. Whenever we open the Bible in any of our ministries, here on a Sunday, in our kids, in our youth ministries, across our men's and women's ministries, our heart as a church is to apply God's truth to our life. Today, I want to acknowledge all the amazing life group leaders who open up their homes and create a space, a safe space for people to open up God's word. The life groups are the lifeblood of our church. They're smaller expressions of community where people can open and apply the Bible together, where people can support and care for one another and pray for one another. This year, we've seen a whole bunch of of new life groups start. And as we head into the second half of the year, I'm believing that many more will start as well. And each of these groups is led by someone who simply facilitates a conversation, who just hosts the space. They're not Bible scholars. They don't have PhDs in theology. They're just simply opening up their home and helping people open up God's Word. Just across this room today and online, can we just thank our life group leaders? Can we just acknowledge all of our life group leaders today? Thank you to our amazing life group leaders Here at Gateway, we also value the ones. We believe that every person is valued by God and needs to hear the life-changing message of Jesus. That's why we say each week that everyone who comes to Gateway is welcome. Everyone who comes to those doors, everyone who joins us online, you are welcome. And it's been a real blessing to welcome so many uh, new people, new families into our church over the last year or so. There's new people, new families visiting our ministries each and every week. There have been dozens of people exploring Alpha, exploring Jesus in Alpha over the first couple of terms. And I'm hopeful that during the service, when we say g'day and after the service as well, you're connecting with a whole bunch of people. You're meeting new people and welcoming them in to our church family. Because that's on all of us. You know, we are the church. We are God's people. We all value the ones. It's not just our welcome team standing at the door welcoming people. We all have a role to play in reaching out and welcoming and connecting new people into the family because each one, each person matters to God. Our fourth value is that we live with abundant generosity. 
We give of our time and our talent and our treasure to people in need. And we grow God's kingdom both here and around the world. And as we read before, uh, the church is a body made up of many parts, each of which has a role to play. Well, the church isn't just about the leaders. It's not just about the people who stand up on this platform. Every one of us has a role to play. Every one of us is being built up by Jesus. Every single one of us has an opportunity to contribute to the community. Church is an all-play game. And I think sometimes we fall into the trap of thinking in a large church like Gateway, oh, this church doesn't need me. There's no gaps to fill here. I'm not really needed. What could I offer? But there's nothing further from the truth. I want to encourage you, don't believe that lie. There are open opportunities to serve on all of our ministry teams across Team Gateway. The church needs a unique set of gifts and skills and talents that God has given you to become the best version of itself. Please never assume that God doesn't want to or can't use you. There is a spot for you to contribute. There is a way for you to make an impact in this community. We all have a role to play. And finally, our fifth value as a church is that we raise tomorrow's leaders. We don't just exist for the here and now. We have a calling from God, a desire within us to raise up the next generations of God's followers. Amidst all the craziness this week of over 400 kids taking over the property, amidst the joy of 83 kids making a commitment to Jesus for the first time, and another 75 making a recommitment to Jesus, amidst all the fun and the loudness and the excitement, there was one image that stood out to me. On Thursday, Jess, our kids pastor, took a photo that perfectly sums up our value as raising tomorrow's leaders. See, Jess realised that during the week, our past five kids pastors were all serving somehow in KTO. Stretching all the way back to 2003, our kids pastors from the last two decades were still investing in the next generation. Doe Stocek, who's on the left there, she, uh, she took on the role as our Gateway Kids Pastor in 2003. And then Laurie actually held the role in an interim capacity when Joe's young family came along and handed the baton to our next Kids Pastor, Kath, who Brad mentioned before. She taught and gave the input throughout this week. Danny then passed the baton, uh, sorry, Kath then passed the baton on to Danny, uh, right on the second from right, who passed the baton on to Jess, our kids' pastor of the last three or four years. And each one of these five ladies was back over this last week, investing into the next generation of children. They've seen leaders developed and families grow through their ministry. How good is that, hey? Can we just give those ladies a round of applause? Give God a round of applause. Joe was telling me that uh, she was shocked uh, as she was working with this young daughter to find out, this young girl, that she was the daughter of one of the young boys that she used to work with when she was a kid's pastor. Seeing whole families grow up in the church, it's quite an incredible picture to experience. Here at Gateway, we hunger for the presence of God. We teach the Bible for every day. We value the ones. We live with abundant generosity and we raise tomorrow's leaders. Paul says in Ephesians that God has placed all things 
under Christ's feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body. As we follow Jesus, the head of the church, this is what God has called us, his body, to value here at Gateway Baptist Church. And this is part of the reason why I love this church. But we can't be the church unless we are connected. I borrowed one of these from our, uh, our worship team during the week. It is a guitar string. Hopefully you can see it. It's a free guitar string. It's kind of just free to do what it wants. All right? And I'm sure you could actually find a, a whole ton of different purposes, of different things that you could do with a string like this. You know, probably if you're one of my kids, you could turn it into a weapon somehow. <laughs> but this string was not made for that. This string was made for a purpose. It was designed specifically for a guitar. And we won't see the full potential of this string until it's connected to something that's greater than itself. Now, I'm not great on the guitar, but Ryan is an absolute master. Would we give our uh, hands up for Ryan? <clears throat> now, and, and Ryan knows how to use these strings, you know, and he knows that the string is only going to reach its potential when it's connected to the guitar, you know, and, uh, and he's told me that this, this part of the guitar, this is the headstock, the head of the guitar, and this is the body of the guitar. And it's when the string connects the head and the body, that's where the magic happens. You know, and I think sometimes we, uh, we want to connect the string to the head right here. Now we, uh, we connect ourselves to Jesus. And we think we've got it. We think we've done. You know, we think, oh, God and I, we're really good. You know, I listen to worship music in the car on the way to work. I, I podcast my favorite preacher. You know, God and me, Jesus and me, we're all, we're all good. But the string doesn't quite achieve its purpose if it's not connected to the body. You know, we can be connected to the head as much as we want, and that's fantastic. But it's only when we are connected to the body that we start to live out the purpose that we were created for. It's only when we are connected to both the head and the body that we start to become part of the living, breathing body of Christ, that we start to become part of something bigger, that we begin to live out the purpose and the calling that God has placed on our lives. Let's just hear what it looks, hear what it sounds like, right? When you play just one of those strings, just play one of the string. Okay, so it's making a noise and it's, it's an okay noise, it's all right, it's okay. But how about playing a few strings together? Just a chord or something, right? Okay, when we're all connected together, it starts to make a noise. All right, well, do, rip, rip it up, mate. Do something that, uh, use the fretboard, show us what you can do. Hey, why don't we give Ryan a round of applause? Thanks, mate. See, when we're all connected to the head and connected to the body, that's when the beautiful music starts to come. 
when all the strings are connected, they can make a beautiful noise together. And it's exactly the same with us. Me, you, all of us here, we need to be connected to not just the head, to Jesus, but also to be connected to the body, his church. And we're all, when we're all connected together, we find our purpose. We release our potential and God uses us to bring his light and his hope and his grace and his beauty into our world. See, the church is not a service to be consumed. It's a community to contribute towards. The church is a community of people called by God to share life together and to see his kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. And do you know how those strings actually create the sound? The sound is created in those strings because of the tension. There's a little bit of tension, a little bit of pressure. You know, the string is pushed outside of its comfort zone and it's when that string has that tension That's when the music is created. So connecting into the body, connecting into God's family is not always convenient. It's fantastic and it's great, but it's not always easy. It involves tension. And sometimes I think we can actually turn away from connection because we don't want to deal with the tension. We don't know what to say or we're worried about saying the wrong thing or we feel that we just don't have the time to connect. Connecting with others can push us outside of our comfort zone. But just like the guitar string, if we're connected to the head and to the body, where we feel the tension is where we find our purpose. The tension is what creates the beauty, what creates the music. And as God connects us together, as Jesus builds up the community of called out people to be his body, He transforms us. He shapes us into this thing of beauty. He promises to build his church. He promises to grow his church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. I love the church. And I hope today that you love the church as well. There's a number of ways that we could respond today. There's a number of ways that we can respond to this image, to this metaphor, to this uh, illustration, to this call to be the church. I just want to simplify it into two really simple things. I want to ask you to consider the strength of your connection to the body of the church. As we step into the second half of the year, how well are you connected into this local expression of Christ's church? Are you connected to the head, but only loosely or barely connected to the body? Is there another step of connection that you could take to get more plugged in, to experience that tension, to find your purpose in community? Maybe you've been coming to Gateway for a little while now and you're, you're ready to call this church your home. And like that guitar string, you're connected at the head, but you're not yet connected to the body. You haven't quite found your people. You aren't yet plugged in to the smaller community of a life group. I haven't found that group of people to do the journey of life with, to to open God's word, to support one another, to pray for one another. Well, today in the seat in front of you, there's just a, a little card. And on the back of that card, you can just put your contact details in there and tick a box saying, hey, I'd like to explore joining a life group. 
doesn't commit you to anything. You're just saying, hey, I'd love to explore it. One of our team would love to connect with you during the week. We'll help to find out a little bit more of your story and help you take a step of getting connected in a way, smaller community into a life group. Or maybe you're well connected here already. Maybe you've been part of the body for a long time. And maybe one of the things that Jesus is inviting you this morning is to help other people find connection into the body. One of the key ministries of this church is our welcoming and our connect team. They welcome people to church every single Sunday. They connect people with others and they're helping connect those strings into the body. And this might be one of the areas where you might think, oh, don't need me. There's no gaps at all. But the reality is there are always opportunities. We're always looking for more people to join the team, to help people connect. It's super easy. It's just a commitment once every three or four weeks, half an hour before the service and then a little bit after the service. We're looking to build that team so that we can reach more people, connect with more people, help people find their place here at Gateway quickly. You can just, same way, fill out that card, tick the box and say, I'd love to find out a little bit more about the Welcome and Connect team. One of our team will get in touch with you the next week or so and introduce you to how you can play a role, how you can use the gifts that God has given you to bless the body of the church. Or maybe there's something else that God is saying this morning. There's something else the Holy Spirit is prompting you to take a step in on this journey of being the church. You can just write that in the bottom of the, of the card. And if there's something that we can help with, fill in your details. We'd love to, we being this church leadership and the, the volunteers here, we'd love to help you on that journey. We'd love to get in touch with you and help you take a step here at Gateway. One of the many privileges that we get to share in together as a church is the communion meal. It's a simple meal that, com- that Christ commanded his church to share. We eat some bread and we drink a cup. And whenever we do, we proclaim the Lord's death and we anticipate his return. We eat the bread that resembles his body given for us. We drink the juice that resembles his blood spilt for us. And we remind ourselves of our connection to Jesus and our connection to one another in his community of the church. In a moment, I'm gonna invite us all to, uh, to stand and to move, to either move forward to the tables down the front or to move back to the tables up at the rear of the room and to come and take the pieces of, of communion, take the elements, take a piece of bread, take a, piece, uh, take a cup and return to your seat and just wait. We're gonna share communion together as God's church. But as you come down this morning, as you come down to pick up those elements, before you do, take some time to fill in this card. Just to indicate your details, maybe tick one of those boxes or write whatever else it is that the Holy Spirit is saying to you. And come and place it in the bowl on the communion tables or in the, on the basket, in the basket on the communion tables up the back. Make a step of commitment. Take a step of connection this morning as together we come to share the communion meal. The team are gonna sing over us a a beautiful song that speaks to our beliefs as a church. And as they do that, I wanna invite you to come down, bring your card, take the elements 
and return to your seat before we share together. Thanks, team. G'day Gateway Online. I hope that this message has been a real encouragement for you and also a challenge for you as we become part of the church, we are part of the church and for you to find your place to serve and to belong in that. And so I want to encourage you, if you're not already in a life group, click the button in the chat or scan the QR code on your screen and get in a life group. Let us know that you'd like to get in a life group or if you'd like to be a life group leader, we would love some more leaders as well. But we have some incredible life groups filled with people who would love to do life alongside of you because we know that life is better connected. And if you'd like to find your place to serve, there are plenty of ways that you can be serving online. There are ways that you can do that from the comfort of your own home as well. So you don't have to be anywhere geographically. You can be uh, in Australia, in Brisbane, you can be in other parts of the world, but we would love to help you find your place to serve, your place to uh, serve and give your gift and use your gift in the context of church. Uh, so please scan the code on your screen or click the button in the chat. Let us know that you're keen uh, to play your part in being the church and being a light in communities across Australia and across the world. Tim mentioned that we're about to go to communion as well. And I encourage you just now to grab something that represents the blood of Jesus, something like juice, maybe. Maybe you've got something in the, in the pantry and also something that represents the body of Jesus, something, maybe it's bread, maybe it's a, a biscuit or uh, something like that. But grab something from the pantry, grab something from the kitchen and come back. We're about to take that together. We're gonna spend some time taking communion together today. And so go to the kitchen, rate it, come back, don't eat it and drink it just yet. We're gonna take that together in just a few seconds. as we uh, take this meal together. On the night Jesus was betrayed, He took the bread and when He had given thanks, He broke it. And He said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. Let's pray. Jesus, we are so thankful this morning for your sacrifice on the cross. Jesus, thank you for allowing your body to be beaten, to be bruised, to be hung on that instrument of torture 
Jesus, thank you for taking on the sins of all humankind. Thank you for taking on my sins. Thank you for taking on our sin. Jesus, we remember your sacrifice together as your church. And we thank you. Lord, we thank you for your blood being spilt for us. Thank you, Jesus, that it's through your blood that we are cleansed, that we are forgiven. Lord, thank you that we are washed clean and you are transforming us and sanctifying us as your church to become this beautiful, spotless, unblemished bride. Jesus, thank you for your church. Thank you that you call us to share this journey together. That you invite us to be part of a community of seeing your kingdom come here on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, as we reflect on your sacrifice, as we celebrate your resurrection, as we anticipate what it will mean to one day join with all of the saints from all around the world and all throughout history, and in one voice, praise Your holy Name together. Jesus, we thank You. Lord, we lift Your Name on high. Lord, we thank You that You are the One who authors and perfects our faith. You are the One who gives us Your courage and Your strength. You are the One who breathes Your Spirit into our lives so that we might be Your salt and Your light in this world that You have called us to. And Jesus, thank You that we get to do this together as Your family, as Your body, as the church. Jesus, we worship Your Name. We praise Your Name this morning. And all God's people said, Amen. Hey, we're gonna continue to worship together. We're gonna continue to praise His Name. Why don't we declare His goodness, declare His greatness as we worship our amazing God together. Glory. 
felt its breath till that strong was moved for good for the lamb had conquered death and the dead bells rose there too great together as God's people today. But as the church, we're to take the salt and the light, the hope of Jesus into our world. So may God bless you as you do that this week. And I wanna encourage you, I want our prayer team to come down. If this morning just touched on a bit of a nerve for you, you know, you've been hurt by the church, you know, you're walking through some pain from that, our prayer team would love to pray with you, love to pray for God's healing and God's restoration. So if that's you this morning, I want to invite you to come down at the end of our service to just receive some prayer. But for the rest of us, let's go and be the church. God bless. Have a great week. We'll see you next Sunday. We hope you've been blessed by this message. We are a growing family and we'd love to see you at one of our Sunday services because everyone who comes through our doors is welcome. You can find out more about our community and locations at gatewaybaptist.com.au. 